thought I would just <clears throat> have a short message on um, the idea of remembering things, things that we should remember, things that we tend to not necessarily forget, but we just take them for granted maybe, things we should remember. Psalm 103 in verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thine diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, let's never forget all that God has done for us. All of His benefits. Just being a Christian. Knowing that the Lord has forgiven us. He heals our diseases. He redeems us. He bought us back. And crowns us with loving kindness. And gives us good things. I mean, His benefits are too numerous to even mention. All the good things that God, we have because we're of Christians. But you know what? I just thought of a couple that I wanted to remember all over again. One of them is, remember your salvation. Remember when He saved you. Turn to Deuteronomy. Turn to Deuteronomy 24.18. Dean, would you read... Deuteronomy 24.18. You know, it just popped out of me there. That thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman. Remember the bondage when you were in your sin. Remember the fear of death. Where am I going to spend eternity? And here God's reminding Israel, remember that you were in Egypt. That you were in bondage. Remember what your life was like before you got saved. The Lord bought us and paid for our freedom. He paid for it with His precious blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20 and 21 tells us. 19 and 20 tell us. Thou shalt remember that thou was a bondman in Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee. He went out and found you and bought you with a price. Turn to John chapter 11. Andrew, if you'd read John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. John chapter 11. Verses 25 and 26. Isn't that amazing to hear that? Now you know this is when he raised Lazarus from the dead. But the fact that he says in verse 25, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now you remember when you were dead? Do you remember when you were dead in your trespasses and sins? Do you remember when your spirit was dead and you had no fellowship with God? Your sins and iniquity separated you from God. The dead will live. And then in verse 26, and the living shall never die. Amen? You know, this body might go into the ground, but my spirit is alive forevermore. My soul is going to heaven. And that's something to not forget about. The living shall never die. You know, look, I don't know how I'm going to die. And you don't know how you're going to die. 
And I hope it's not some fiery crash, Tony. You know what I mean? I hope I, you know, I don't run into a lorry or something and go out in a hell of fire. But I'll tell you what, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to heaven. If you, if you go flying in a plane and the plane goes down, you're going up. You don't have to worry about it. I know it sounds morbid, doesn't it? But you don't know how you're going to die, but you're still going to heaven. No matter what happens, your next breath will be in the presence of Jesus Christ. And that's something to think about. 1 John 5, 12 and 13 says, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. I mean, a five-year-old could understand that. All one-syllable words. Very simple. You either have Jesus in your heart or you don't. You either have life or you don't. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. I'm saved. That's something to remember. Look at Psalm 40, verse 2 and 3. Jennifer, Psalm 40. Psalm 40, verse 2 and 3. Amen. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. That's what David said. And my feet were stuck in the clay. I was stuck and I had I had no idea where I was going next. But then Jesus took me out. He got saved, right? David was pulled out of a pit. Don't forget the pit you were in before you got saved. Don't forget the life that you were living before you got saved. You might have had a good life. Maybe you, maybe you weren't uh, as bad a sinner as the next person. Well, let me tell you something. If you'd have died, you'd have gone straight to hell. And you'd have opened up hell wide open just like the rest of us sinners. He pulled you out of a pit. And your whole future was changed in a moment. Your whole destiny is on one moment when you believe that Jesus Christ was your Savior. In that one moment, you were born again. And He changed the rest of your life. Your entire destiny. Look at Luke uh, chapter 23. Let me get a few on this side. I'll come back to you. I don't know your name. uh, Jennifer's friend. But I'll come back to you. (laughs) I'm going to call you Jennifer's friend for right now. Uh, Luke. uh, Let me see. What did I say? Luke chapter 23. Uh, Gavin, you there? Read verses 39 through 43. 39 through 43. Amen. Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. You remember when you cried out to Jesus? See, mine was a real cry. I don't know your testimony, but I know it was a cry for me. I remember crying before I got saved, and I remember crying after I got saved. Not just crying out, but crying, weeping, broken. Before I got saved, kneeling there on the floor, when I got saved, and when I got up off the floor, I was crying even more. 
because I knew that my sins were forgiven. Here's a thief hanging on a cross. And he finally realizes all I have to do is talk to this man. I believe he is the king of kings. He is the Lord. And he cried out. And that day he was in paradise with his Lord. And the same thing happened to us when we cried out. He'll do for you what he did for that thief. He's done for you what he did for that thief. Turn to Hebrews 10.17. And Jennifer's friend can read that. (laughs) Noel, that's a wonderful name. Noel, would you read Hebrews chapter 10 and in verse 17. Wow. That, you know, you got to step back and think about that before you read on to 18. Just the fact that, is there anything that God just decides to forget? I mean, is, does God forget things? No, He doesn't forget a thing. He's chosen not to remember them. He's put them behind His back. He's put them as far as the east is from the west. They're in the deepest sea. God has chosen not to remember them. If He wanted to, He could. But he's chosen not to. Thy sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Jesus has chosen not to remember. It's his will not to remember our sins. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Who can quote it? All right, one at a time. (laughs) Amen. You know, when you get saved, everything becomes new. I mean, you feel like a little baby. Everything has changed. You look through different eyes. You put a new song in your mouth. Things start to change drastic and, drastically in your life. You remember that you're a new creature. The greatest testimony, as I said this morning, is not the old life. It's the new life. I know men have great testimonies. They used to be like this, and they used to do that, and, and they were drug addicts. And, tell me what God's done for you now. Tell me what your life is like now. I don't want to glorify Satan. Shut that curtain. Tell me what God's doing in your life. That's what I want to hear about. You know, I'm ashamed of what I used to be. I don't want to tell you all the things I used to do. Thankfully, God's not going to remember them anymore. But I don't want to remember them either. So why in the world would I get up here and testify to everybody what a dirty, rotten, vile sinner I was? But I can tell you what He has done for me. He's changed my whole destiny. Destiny. He, I'm going to heaven. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm ashamed of what I used to be. What I used to think. What I used to say. What I used to do. But I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the Bible. I'm not ashamed of the ministry that God's given me. And His calling on my life. I'm not ashamed of any of that. He changed me. And that thief on the cross will not tell you what he used to be. When you get to heaven, ask him. See if he starts telling you all the things that he stole. He's not going to be talking about that. He's going to tell you that I called out to Jesus and he saved me right there on the cross. Don't ever forget your salvation. It'll keep you, it'll keep you fresh and new and humble and always saying, I remember what he did for me. I remember he saved me. Remember your promises to God. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. It's a book after Proverbs for those of you who got big eyes right now. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Mona, would you read verses 4 and 5? Ecclesiastes 
Sure is. Amen. That's why I want you to read it, not me. <laughs> I could stumble over my words. You know, I just want to say you ought to remember your promises to God. Remember what you told God you were going to do. Remember the promises that you have not kept. Think back to what you told God you were going to do at this time or at that time or whatever time. And you never follow through. Maybe you ought to go back and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't do what I told you I was going to do. We ought to remember the promises that we make to God because He remembers His. Young people who have sensed the call to the ministry, they come back from camp all burdened. They're like, they're like sparklers. And all of a sudden, the sparkle goes out. What happened? What happened to the promise you said you made to God that you were going to you were going to be faithful and you're going to do His will and you're going to keep going forward and you you were going to you felt called to the ministry maybe, or maybe you felt called to do some something for the church. Some ministry in the church. And now it's just fallen away. Have you thought about lately all your broken promises to God? I have. I've thought about it. I wish I could pay them all back in full. But I know one thing. He still loves me. But we ought to keep our promises. God hasn't forgotten His promises. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Kathy, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Aren't you glad when God promises something, He's faithful? When He says something, He doesn't just say it idly. He means it. And He's going to follow through with it. You know, we can be sure. We can hold fast our profession because He's sure. He's steadfast. He's an anchor. When he says something, he means it. So we can we don't have to waver in our profession of faith because he is faithful that promised. Second Peter, a couple books to the right there. You'll find Second Peter chapter one. And in verse four, Heidi. Up oh, you looked up. Ruth. I just wanted to know which one was which. Ruth. Would you read Second uh, Peter chapter one and verse four? Amen. Do you see the precious promises whereby are given unto us? Exceeding great and precious promises. We have eternal life. God lives in us. We're partakers of the divine nature. We can live holy lives because God is holy. And He lives inside of us. We don't have to live like the world. There's a promise there. Remember your promises to God because God hasn't forgotten His promises. God's going to carry through on what He said. Turn to 1 John. 1 John, just over a book. 1 John, chapter 2 and verse 25. Heidi. 1 
Amen. And Titus 1-2 says he's a God that cannot lie. It's not that he chooses not to. He can't lie. It's not in him. He has a holy character. He cannot lie. And he promised that we would have eternal life. This is the promise that he promised. That we could have eternal life. God never forgets his promises. Have you forgotten some of the promises you made to God? Maybe you need to remember them and renew them. And try to carry through with the promises, the vows that you made, but you never paid them. It would be better not to make any promises. It would be better not to make any vows that you can't pay back or you don't intend to. We ought to remember each other. Look, remember back in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. I read that verse. It says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things. That's Paul. Paul wanted to be remembered. You know what? Each one of us in here wants to be remembered. We want to be remembered for whatever reason. That you remember me in all things, he says. How will you be remembered? How will people look at your life? Are you leaving a legacy of serving God? When people look back and they say, what kind of man was Dan Eberly? Or what kind of man was Bill? Or, or who, who was Jennifer? Tony? Or everyone here. Who, who were they? What kind of life did they live? Because we do think about that. It's not judgmental or anything. It's just, what kind of life did they live? We want to re- be remembered. Being faithful. Be good to be remembered as being faithful. It would be good to be remembered as one who always tried to do the will of God. Romans 14.7 says, For none of us, excuse me, liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. You affect a lot of people. There's a lot of people, when you're gone, we'll see how many come to the funerals, I guess, you'll see all the people that were affected by your life. And they'll come and and they'll want to remember you. Whether we realize it or not, you're having an influence on somebody every single day. Sometimes it's in your own home. We will be remembered, but how will we be remembered? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And 2 Timothy chapter 4 and in verse, in verse 6. Sherry, would you go ahead and read that? 6 through 8. just Paul. We can have that crown too. We can have that crown of righteousness that the Lord gives. Wouldn't you like to have that crown of righteousness when you get to heaven? That you were looking for His appearing all the time and by looking for His appearing, you lived a good life. A life that honored God. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1-3 through 3, that we're waiting for His appearing and it changes the way we live. Paul was ready to be offered he said, I fought a good fight. It's good to fight and to finish and to keep the faith. I hope I do. I hope you're thinking about that. How are people going to remember you? You could also could have a crown of righteousness. Leave behind a life that is dedicated to service to God. That you serve the Lord. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. 
Uh, Darren. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 3. I'm sorry, verse 4 too. Amen. You know, that is a that is that is a ministry that I want to improve in my life. It's called like a ministry of intercession, praying for other people. Uh, it's become bigger in my life, and it really has become more I don't know effectual in my life since we started the Bible study in McCroom, because there's a list of people, and I can tell you there may be 25 things up there that I'm praying for. They're all right here in my heart. I can name them all for you right now. And it's because I pray for them every day. And hopefully there's some intercession. There's a prayer of intercession. You see what it says? Always in every prayer of mine for, for you all making requests with joy. It should be a joy to bow your head and pray for others. Intercede on their behalf. Because Paul said in verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. You know when God brings somebody to your mind. Don't shake it off. Why don't you pray for him? I mean, why did God do that? Because maybe he sees that you're faithful and you'll pray for that person right then and there. I don't know what they're going through, Lord. I don't know why, but you put them on my heart and I'm going to pray for them. That is, that's remembering each other. That's a good thing to remember each other in prayer. Galatians 6.10. We're talking about remembering each other. Galatians chapter 6. And in verse 10, we'll go with the other side. Tony. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Yeah. Just doing good for others. Doing good for each other. This is a real special church. It's a real special church when people just want to do something for someone else. You know? It happens really a lot. It happens very often. You know, the people just want to help somebody else. And you're just doing good for others. And it says, he says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, but especially unto them who are of the household of faith. And, and verse 9 says, don't be weary in doing that. Don't be weary in well-doing, because in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Just doing what's right. Just action on the Christian's part for each other. Remember each other. Don't forget each other. How about this one? Remember Lot's wife. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Dina, and in verse 32. That's it. Don't ever make that your, your life verse. Try to pick something else. Remember Lot's wife. And you know, we need to remember to obey God's warnings. She knew not to turn back. She knew not to look back on Sodom. But her heart was there. I really believe her heart was still there. That's where her family had been. And, and all of her friends, maybe. I don't know why you would have friends back in Sodom, but... She looked back. We need to obey the warnings of God and keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things in this world that 
Try to call us away from following Jesus Christ. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back at the world. The Bible says, once you put your hands to the plow, you just keep plowing. Straight. I've never been to a plowing championship, but I'm sure they're not looking behind them the whole time they're driving. They're looking straight ahead. They're trying to plow a straight line. Well, the only way we're going to plow a straight line is if we keep our eyes on Jesus and others who are following Jesus. There's nothing the matter with that either. If somebody's following Christ, turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Marcus, could you read verses 13 and 14? I'm looking forward. I'm looking to that prize. Don't look back. The prize is the will of God. To do the will of God. You're not there yet. You haven't apprehended. You haven't got your hands, your hands on it yet. You're trying. You're striving to go forward. You're pressing on. Don't look back. Don't be dismayed by the failures in your Christian life. But also, don't be dismayed or 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 taken off course by the victories. You know how many times I've heard somebody tell me, oh, I, I, I used to do Sunday school. I used to teach in Sunday school. Okay, well, why aren't you teaching in Sunday school now? What, did, what was the problem with teaching in Sunday school? We could use some Sunday school teachers. Well, I used to do that. I thought we were supposed to keep going. Keep pressing on. Whether we have failures or victories. We're still supposed to go forward. We're not at the finish line yet. The mark, the high calling. Are you there yet? No. Someday the well done will come. Someday Jesus himself will say, well done now, good and faithful servant. But right now, you've got to keep moving forward. So remember Lot's wife and don't look back. Focus on what's ahead. Serving the Lord acceptably. Dozens of times Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Who are you following? Who have you got your eye on? If you're really following him, then you would know where he's going. You wouldn't have no problem following him. If you were really following him, you'd keep your eyes on him. And you know exactly where Jesus is going. And where Jesus is going, that's where I'm going. Just like that woman this morning we talked about. Go to Matthew chapter 16. A couple more verses here. Matthew chapter 16. Remember how amazing God is and what He has done. Remember how amazing God is and what He has done. Uh, Paul, do you have Matthew 16 and verse 9? Don't you remember what I just did a little while ago? Didn't I just feed 5,000? How do you forget something like that? We would have forgotten it too, I think. You know, the disciples, we were just like those disciples. We forget the amazing things that God has already done. I should have wrote them down. George Mueller had all those homes for those, for those uh, 
what do you call them? Orphans. Never once asked anyone for money. Never once. And all they did was pour money into his ministry. Many a time, it's written in the book anyway, that they sat down with nothing on the table. And then a, and then a cart would break down in front of the orphan's home. Sorry, I have all this stuff here and I, I need to unload it, all this bread and milk. Well, bring it on in. God says, I'll feed you. Hey, I heard a preacher once say that God can, God can um, prepare a table in the wilderness. If he wants a turkey to fly in through your window and land on your table, he'll do it. Because God's able to do anything. Nothing's too hard for him. Remember how amazing God is. Don't forget the great things that he's done in your life. God has never disappointed anyone. Unless they were looking for something other than what God could give them. Alright, just a couple more. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I'll read these for you. Verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Verse 2. And thou shalt remember, remember, all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness, to humble thee and to prove thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Verse 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he giveth thee. Beware, given thee, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built good, goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds, thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thy heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Verse 17. And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. For it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which he swear unto the fathers as it is this day. It's the Lord that's the blessing in your life. You work hard and you do this and you do that, but you couldn't do it without God. God's the one that gives you the strength, both physically, spiritually, emotionally. God's the one that's got the blood pumping through you. Your eyes can see and your, your feet can walk. It's all God. Don't ever forget that whatever you have... God gave it to you. It's all His. That'll keep you humble. We can't live without Him. And finally, in Judges chapter 2. Joshua, Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2 and in verse 6. Joshua's gone off the scene. And we're coming into the time of the judges here. In Judges chapter 2 and verse 6, And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess the land. If the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, 
And all the days of the elders have outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath Harris, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And on they went. One minute, they would come back to the Lord, and God would bless them, and then they'd walk away from them. Judge after judge after judge. I'm not putting it all on them. That was their own personal sin. But there was a point when someone stopped telling somebody else about how good God is. We need to tell our children, tell our grandchildren just how good God is. Because it only takes two generations and it's gone. That's it. That's the world you're looking at. A generation has not been told about God. He's not in their thoughts. They don't care about God. Our children need to know the same God that's blessed your life. Tell your, tell your granddaughters. Tell your, tell your, uh, your grandchildren. Tell, your, tell anybody you can how good God is. Remember to tell them. Because if you don't, who will? Jesus never forgets those who trust in Him and the promises that He makes. Psalm 106, verse 4 says, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that Thou bearest unto the people. O visit me with Thy salvation. So let us never forget all the things that God's done. All of His promises. All the promises of God. I'm sorry, Revelation 22. I had one more here. Revelation 22. Weston, do you have it open? Revelation 22, 12 and 13. Revelation 22, verses 12 and 13. Is that uh, Revelation 22? Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 12 and 13. Amen. I want you to remember he's coming again. Jesus is coming back. And we're closer than we were yesterday. Amen? And tomorrow may never come. Today might be our last day on earth. He's coming again and his reward is with him. Amen? Let's bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we could remember some things tonight in the Lord's table, what you did for us at Calvary. And Lord, just some things we need to remember that you're a good God. You never let us down. You're faithful. You promised eternal life. We have it. It's as sure as, as you are. So Father, thank you, Lord, that we can remember some things tonight. Things that we'll never forget, hopefully, that will keep them in our heart. It'll change the way we live our Christian life. I pray you bless the people, Lord. 
with the remembrance of who you are every day, every day, how you take care of us. And thank you for all these things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.